Welcome to Shmeman Speaks, featuring the words and wisdom of Father Alexander Shmeman from the archives of St. Vladimir's Seminary in New York. No, I, I'm sure that uh, I don't need to remind you that, in fact, uh, the preaching of, of Christ, of his gospel, that gospel, that good news which he brought to us, and the announcement in, of that gospel, uh, his invitation to us, his order to us, uh, all that, according to the book of the gospel, to the New Testament, begins with a call. Metanoite, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, I said metanoite in the Greek and not... Um, uh, because in the usual text in our Bible today, of course, is repent for the time, for um, uh, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. And if the notion of repentance were the same as it was in, in the first century, if it were not the little introspection into my own little sins and transactions uh, and, and, and transgressions, I would have kept it in translation. What is important precisely is to understand that what the, our modern understanding of repentance uh, uh, has, not, uh, has not lost, but certainly to some extent has lost the very radical, radical uh, meaning of the word metano, uh, metanoite, which is should be translated at least today uh, as Christ saying, convert, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, now, what is this? We have to concentrate in this first lecture precisely on a kind of commentary of this order, for it's not a simple order. Christ didn't say convert. He said convert because the kingdom of God is at hand. In other terms, conversion here is not meant to signify a kind of perpetual possibility for man. What Christ wants to happen to us, that mysterious conversion or that metania, is not something general. It must now happen to us because something else has happened, and that something else is that the kingdom of God is at hand, that a reality is approaching, that something has, has taken place unique, which not simply makes possible that metania, but makes it necessary and essential. Um, even um, even um, uh, by studying the, the word itself, meta is one and nous is the other one. Meta, no, it means I put something, in fact, upside down. It implies, first of all, the connotation of something radical, not partial, uh, not like we would say to each other sometimes, you know, oh, by the way, you have converted me to your understanding of, of, uh, of uh, 
uh, the reasons of the Russian Revolution, or, uh, oh, I'm totally converted to, from, I, I always thought that, I don't know, Picasso was a horror of a painter, but I'm converted because I attended. Uh, this is not that kind of conversion. Conversion which happens constantly. Uh, constantly, uh, I was a little boy, I couldn't touch or eat butter. After 40 years of German occupation, I was converted <laughs> uh, uh, very happily to butter, and uh, therefore, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, these are, these are, um, uh, no, the, this Christ that he begins, not even saying, believe in me or listen to me. He doesn't say, uh, take a few minutes to listen to me, maybe you will agree with me. But he says, something has happened. It's metanoite, metanoite, put your, see what you have not seen, because now it has become visible. Accept something you never heard about, becomes that has come. These are the connotations of that unique sentence, because it's an opening sentence of Christ. I think I, I'm justified in saying that, therefore, with Christianity, whether we want it or not, everything begins, everything has its root in uh, in this mitania, in this conversion, uh, and even repentance. If we had to, uh, in this uh, retreat, to speak, for example, about the sacrament of penance and of real meaning of repentance, with returning back to that word mitania, we would discover how far it is from that little chit-chat with the priest saying, you know, I could have prayed better, uh, he always says, we could have been better, which is absolutely obvious. I don't think we ever should uh, waste God's time and our time in, 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 in announcing such platitudes, you know. Uh, uh, but the, the real conversion is something absolutely different from even repentance, from that kind of cold, sincere, and even to some extent sad. You know, he says, oh, we think it's very wonderful to say, same creation, same with everything. Oh, says you killed someone? No, I says do I say that uh, that you are uh, sinful in everyone? Uh, so all, all, all this is, but we do not, uh, thanks to God, have to deal with that. What I'm trying to to underline is precisely this radicalism involved in the word. Uh, it's a word for change, a radical change, and the change and the total change, something which has not um, uh, was not possible for us has become possible. Now, the second idea which we comes to us from, from uh, uh, an enormous material, scriptural, traditional, lives of the saints, things which we cannot enumerate here today, or we can enumerate, analyzed in a decent manner, uh, is uh, the second dimension. If the first dimension of conversion is that it's, it's, it's radical because the kingdom of God is at hand, the second dimension of it is that it is, in, 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 in the gospel perspective, it is related to, produced by, made possible by Christ. It is, has a direct connection uh, to him. And that is, that is extremely important the Christian conversion is a conversion which, therefore, can be defined as conversion because of Christ. He is, to use an old and good scholastic term, the causa prima of our, the first uh, cause of our conversion. And second, it is our conversion to him. 
not uh, not to to some some philosophy, not to some ideology, not even to the story about Christ. I can't imagine a man who knew more and better about Christ than this old and sad Ernest Renan, uh, that uh, that famous French seminarian who abandoned uh, his lost his faith and uh, became the greatest, could never abandon the study of the uh, origins of Christianity. My knowledge of Christ, you know, after uh, theological studies in seminary are just zero when compared to what he knew, uh, so that he could translate what Christ said, uh, what is written in Greek or in Slavonic or in whatever, back to Aramaic. He knew all the antecedents, you know, he knew everything. And yet, uh, if you want to have a kind of negative conversion, <laughs> Uh, why don't you read his famous La Vie de Jésus, uh, Life of Jesus, to see that that uh, the paradoxical situation is that the, here is a man who knew everything and understood nothing. Uh, absolutely nothing, not just a few things. You know. When we feel that pathetic place when Christ nostalgically sits on, on the side of Jordan and considers maybe he should marry, you know. Uh, you think that... that, that uh, you know, I, I, one feels ashamed of being a dean of the seminary. You know? All that Aramaic, all that Greek, all those things to produce such an idiocy, excuse me. Uh, uh, and and, and that, therefore, when I speak conversion to him, it is not a conversion to something about him, to my particular understanding of Christology or my blah, 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 blah. It's not ideas. It's when I say to him, I want you to keep in mind a tremendous difference, which at least I'm convinced more and more every day, that there is a tremendous difference, precisely, between knowing anything about and knowing God himself. We, can, we have all... I can know anything or much about things, but Christianity requires more. It takes us into knowing God and not about God. Knowing Christ and that kind of conversion from the about to the uh, direct encounter with him is the true meaning of confession. Now, all this is important because my next point consists in very quick attempt to prove that in that respect, the Christian idea of conversion is absolutely unique. And therefore, unique unique in the history of religion, first of all. And without understanding that uniqueness, we will not understand it. Uh, because, you know, the scholarly approach, uh, which the method, which our culture is forcing up, up, upon us, is always starting from the general and going to the particular. For example, we have books on prayer, prayer in general. And then you come somewhere in chapter 17, Christian prayer, and uh, if you read that kind of book, which exists, by the way, I could give you bibliographies, you will see that the Christian prayer is mainly different from all other prayers that, you know, as we always do in church, uh, we pray for the same things, we want health, we want peace, and so on and so forth, but the other, for that is the kingdom of heaven and the Holy Spirit, that's, uh, that. but essentially, ontologically, prayer is the same, no and every will start the Divine Liturgy on Monday, on Saturday morning, uh, the novelty, the uniqueness of Christian prayer consists that we are praying in Christ and no other, 
No one else prays in Christ or cannot even pray in Christ unless he is and restored. Same with conversion. This conversion, of course, some type of conversion, change of religion, passing from uh, one way, one, uh, uh, one attitude, uh, one set of beliefs to another set of beliefs, always existed. At the time of Christ, Judaism, for example, which already by that time was almost 300 years in the diaspora, attracted many converts. Uh, in the book of Acts, we have references to uh, Jews and to the Fogumini, those, the, the, those who were uh, fearing God. And that is the term for converts to Judaism. On the other hand, in the Greek or Roman world, into which the church entered after it um, abandoned its Jewish childhood, uh, conversion was something like almost like 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 a um, annual uh, um, improvements and changes in the whole image of the American car. You know, uh, always more. I mean, it just went. Uh, there was a epidemics of conversions. Uh, which at the same time was, and yeah, uh, Juvenal in his satires has described it very well, you know. You can almost see that intelligence in Rome meeting says, you know, brothers, I have discovered a new and fantastic religion, you know. Uh, it's it's, it's, uh, it's um, uh, at the corner of Maine and Maple. Uh, they have, why this? You are, you, you are still with the Ophites? Yes. Oh, forget about that. That's where you should go. Uh, uh, and there was a kind of religious excitement when people compared, but they had all the same religion. <laughs> uh, what was different was the pedal, you know, uh, 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 nothing else. Therefore, when we speak of those, well, those constant wanderings, I mean, this, this wave of oriental so-called mystery religions, uh, which were um, flooding the Greek or Roman world, uh, precisely at the time when Christianity appeared, is not at all what we would call the conversion. It was man's religious function uh, uh, in love with particular forms, formulas, uh, better, worse, you know, liturgical moment, and that the Christian, the early Christians, tried, tried the impossible not to be identified with those cults which were openly on the market choose the best religion. For example, in spite of the fact that the liturgy, the worship, was extremely central, and we'll speak about that later on in the life of the church, the church never preached or showed his worship to the others. Because she was afraid, precisely, that somebody would come and says, I have seen people sense, but I never saw people sensing like you sense, you know. <laughs> uh, count me in. Uh, see, never. We today think that the best way of converting people is to, 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 to flood the American continent with uh, uh, records. Excuse me, I'm offending someone, I'm sure, you know. Uh, and that after uh, hearing some um, mysterious shouting coming us directly from Turkey via Atlas, I mean, uh, if those Westerners have decency, you will convert because <laughs> they have never said something like that, you know. Uh, it's very much American. It's different, therefore it's good, you know. In Great Britain they say it's old and good, and buy it because it's good. Here we say it's different. Therefore, what I'm trying to say is exactly that this, this whole approach in terms of, co we call conversion. Yes, conversion was 
a way of almost a way of life during the during uh, the expansion of Christianity. But Christian the Christian conversion was exactly from that point of view an anti-conversion. Because first of all, it could never be it could never be identified with um, um, uh, with um, additioning. Um, collecting religious experiences. It, it was not something that, you know, you have read Bhagavad Gita or whatever. I, 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 my Hindu is under complete control, so to speak. Uh, uh, it was not moving from one interesting mystical scheme to another interesting. Uh, it was not an attraction to the mysteries of the Orient. It was something totally different. Uh, those conversions were based, of which I spoke, were based on the idea, which even today is very popular, that in fact all religions are the various expressions, better or worse, of the same fundamental religion. Therefore, it is the same reality, but better expressed. Christianity is the only one only religion in the history of the world which, before it spoke of better or worse religions, rejected religion as such and never had one good word. Say, oh yes, uh, the last thing the apostles would have done would be to join the World Council of Churches or the Interfaith Fellowship. Uh, for once, not because they, are, they were arrogant, fanatical, and so on and so forth, but it, 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 for the same reason for which we usually avoid eating ice cream with anchovies uh, or, or, or mixing milk with vinegar, for the same reason. It was not at all. First, that, that whole religiosity has to be denied. And what the Christian conversion uh, uh, in, introduced into the world, by the way, it is precisely because Christianity was a religion of conversion, total and absolute conversion, it is because it is was the main reason for the persecution. The Roman Empire was very little interested in, 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 in the content of the Christian faith. But you know that when uh, the Roman functionaries or senators had to vote, their positive vote, the yes, consisted by them to put a letter A on a little wax tablet. And what it meant that A, it meant antiquo. What is new is dangerous. <laughs> uh, it was in the name of its antiquo, of something established in the name. And Rome was extremely ecumenical. Everything which was ancient or claimed to be ancient was immediately accepted into the World Council of Churches called the Roman Empire. Uh, just walk. In, in, in the Via Sacra in Rome today. It's, it's, it's an amazing religious experience, you know. It's the temples of every possible divinity under... And the, uh, the generals of the Roman empires, of the Roman legions, those who were occupying one province after the other, had a specific mission. Please, collect all the gods, you know. The more, the better. We are all in the brotherhood of man, of the fatherhood of God. So why not have all those gods living together on Via Sacra in Rome? 
Christianity had not one chance to be accepted into that club of gods. Why? It was not antiqual. Today we would be eligible because we cherish very much that Christian, Christianity is ancient. We'll see that Christianity is not ancient but always new, which is much more difficult than to be ancient. To be ancient is very easy, I know, every year for that. Uh, uh, to be always new is very difficult. So here again, something that we adopted from, from, from false presuppositions about that. Uh, Christianity was, uh, was uh, built on a provocation. Because outside of conversion, outside of a, this total upside-down situation, what, what, how the Romans would react to something like a Jew, vagrant, homeless Jew, crucified under that wonderful graduate of, of, of West Point, Pontius Pilate, uh, uh, and therefore, you know, in total respect for the laws, how can that this man is God, uh, that this, this uh, nonsense is the wisdom concealed from all eternity in God, that, uh, that this wisdom is saving, and not saving of my salvation or my taste and so on and so forth, but it's a universal phenomenon uh, this, that there is a decisive event in world history and that, in fact, the titles of, the, of, of Christ were titles where, which were truly, at this time, a conscientious provocation. You know that, in fact, the only crime punishable by law in, in, in Rome was to call someone Kyrios. And that is exactly what... The, what the, the Christians provoke, see e monos Kyrios. Thou alone art Lord. To say that was completely to destroy the whole basis of that Roman ecumenism, of that uh, kind of Pax Romana, based on the idea that all gods are like princes and, and, and kings of Europe, all brothers, cousins, first cousins, and so on, you know. The impression which one gets when reading Hesiodus anyway, all those in Olympus, they were a very complicated family. Uh, Lord Kyrios Theos, uh, the Lord and God, and that all this is not my private idea compatible with other approaches, but the only salvation of something which otherwise is destroyable, perishable, and is doomed for eternal damnation. So, um, this, all this to say, what I'm trying to say, that in that respect, conversion and Christian faith are interdependent, and we can really say that Christi the Christian faith is impossible without a conversion, is the result of conversion, and in one particular way is conversion. All the time is conversion not only stems from conversion, not only stems, uh, leads to the faith, but is itself conversion. Uh, it is, as you, if you wish, a form of the faith. I know that um, uh, from the very beginning also, Christians, um, Christians um, tried to defend their faith as something that can be proven, demonstrated, uh, apologies appeared, you know, using, uh, but uh, it's very interesting. We Christians study those apologies, which we don't need because we believe without them in God. But I have never heard of any, any written apology converting anyone to anything. Uh, uh, the 
the victory of, 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 of uh, Christianity began not because little by little Christians, by means of all their PhDs, finally have proven that we are not as stupid as we appear, you know, and that all, all these things can be, you know, properly understood. They are not only not scandalous, but acceptable and so on and so forth. All those attempts led to heresies. Conversion. And conversion means, A, abandoning something. And conversion means accepting something. The faithful will live by his faith. The faith will be his life. So, by, by saying that conversion, that Christian faith conversion will learn something about the nature of the Christian faith. Um, uh, and uh, um, we will um, understand the content of that faith and why it is the life of the faith in us. So what I propose, for the sake of being short, the following um, uh, points when, when, uh, when uh, asking about the content of conversion. Conversion in this Christian, Christian understanding, in its uniqueness, in its difference from those conversions which in one way or another always existed in the world and which is a totally different type of religious or epistemological or philosophical approach to reality. This unique Christian conversion is, first of all, a mysterious ascent. I call it mysterious because it, 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 uh, if we study the mass, the typology of conversions, we'll very seldom see that, um, that conversion is the result of, uh, 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 of uh, a kind of intellectual process alone, or even simply the result of the intellectual process. Uh, some mysterious works, work is being produced there inside us. But to say that two and two make four and blah, 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 and finally says, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, is just not the, 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 not the historical fact. And if you take uh, the history of conversions, which exists, by the way, but uh, really confusing to some extent. If you start with St. Paul and uh, finish with one conversion which I like to quote simply because it's, 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 uh, uh, it's very beautifully expressed by the greatest French poet Paul Claudel about his conversion during the Christmas Vespers at the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris on the 25th of December 1886, I think. And says he was he was tortured by religious problems, by this and that, by the divorce known to all of us between the spirit and the flesh, by attempt to find, um, uh, to find uh, the meaning of life and what not. All this is beautifully described in his... Conver his uh, and then he said on that dark afternoon, he was standing there, and today you have a plaque in Claudel's conversion, where he stood because he explained exactly at which column he stood. Mm -hmm. And when the children of the capella began singing the Magnificat, my heart was touched, and I believed. And j'ai cru. Now, what is fantastic is, and he writes in the same book, and that's why it's such a great text, he says that not one intellectual problem has solved for him. Intellectually, it continues. Intellectually, he wasn't, he didn't say, we now I understand everything, you know. Uh, intellectually, he remained tortured for another test, uh, only he, he overcome that in his art. Conversion was not, and yet, the faith 
was there and never, never, never trembled again. Now, this is a very good example of trying to say by mysterious ascent. For it is an ascent not to dogmas, not to ideas, not to systems. Believe me, uh, if we do not achieve before we die kind of systematic knowledge, this is not what will be held against us in the last judgment. It is not in systems, in dogmas, and in ideas that we are, but it is, um, you know, why the Christians, let me explain it that way, why we find in those Christian catacombs, among those graffiti, who express the Christian faith and the nature of conversion so much better than, than the rather helpless attempts of Tertullian. Uh, why? Because they, for example, this symbol of the fish, ichthys, I-X-Eta-Y-S. Uh, it, it is as if they were always, always expressing, that was the expression, not the Christian system of belief, it is the expression of the ascent. Every word is a world. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. And the whole human story of Jesus. Not only the story described by Ernesto now, but, but, but all that produced that man. Jesus. Unique. Not some man with a capital M. We'll have to wait for Hegel and Marx to appear. Some man that has no name, no address, uh, no nothing, no even body, but who, for whom somehow, somehow, uh, I love man. Uh, uh, what man? Where is he? Покажите мне его. So, Jesus, the second. Jesus Christos. And again, it has sent to what? The sent to... to that gospel which says, my Father has sent me. The Holy Spirit has anointed me. I am the one who am. I mean, all those kerygmatic sentences which will disappear from, from uh, systems of theology which always uh, seemed being translated from the German three weeks ago, you know. Uh, 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 and, and, and it is then, Jesus, Christos. Then the next one, Theuios. Son of God. We started with man. We went through through Christos, which is the promised salve, Savior. And then we say, Son of God means God. And finally, Sotir, Savior, the one who saved. Now, in this, this inscription, the Christians, in, before they, they, they began, had to start arguing, they, they never went beyond that. This is that mysterious ascent because none of these, none of these uh, developments uh, uh, can be received by deduction. It is that, that what, what the gospel preaches. Jesus, Christos, Theuios, Sotir. And to this, the faith ascends. Ejecrit. Uh, and I believe. Now, what that belief will mean? My whole life will be insufficient. I will, uh, why is it that it took 300 years to, to, to the best theologians of the world, all those Chrysostoms and Basils and the others, to, to um, finally put all that in terms of a Trinitarian God and so on and so forth? Because to explain that is one thing, but to believe, to accept all that is totally different, and that is conversion. So, first of all, the mysterious ascent, and which is the ascent to the totality of the faith. Not, this is what I like about the gospel. 
the essential, what the gospel, the whole gospel is about Jesus. The whole gospel is about Christos. The whole gospel is about the Son of God. And the whole gospel is the shout, the good news, salvation, Savior. All right. The second, the second um, the, uh, content of that faith is that if the Christian conversion, if the Christian conversion is very personal, I hope that we'll never make the mistake which, which our democratic age made in other Christian churches, saying we believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Excuse me. Even when we will be, all the whole world will believe, we should say, I believe. There is no uh, collectivity uh, of collective of collective confession. Confession is always from the I. So when we stand in the church, in the full church, and 50,000 people, when it comes that 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 greater moment of the confession of faith, it is I believe and not we or in general one believes all that. You know, uh, uh, it is I who believe, not. Uh, so it's very personal. And the con all conversion is personal, but it's not individual. Aha, we'll come in my third lecture to this precisely the, what constitutes the pseudo, uh, the essence of the pseudo conversion is exactly its, its uh, indestructible narcissism. Whereas here is very personal, but the moment I say I believe, the miracle happens, I find that this I believe, this content, which is my life, which I think no one has, has felt it so well as I did, that this is the experience of Peter and Andrew and John. And Peter appears and says, I, when I say I, I know that your eyes and my eye, we are all one, and we have the church. That conversion always leads to God. Today, and I'm anticipating tomorrow's afternoon lecture, today the conversion very often leads from the church and into a sect. Uh, to find people who have the same taste and so on and so forth, who are not having uh, nothing to do with those corrupted bishops and archbishops and so on. Uh, the early Christian faith always builds up the church, which the pseudo-conversion always destroys. Three, um, this faith understood, or rather experienced, and I'm introducing the word, the word which, to me, plays a tremendous role in the understanding of Christianity, but which has a bad connotation in the modern world, because experience is something very subjective in our terminology. But uh, church has an experience. It's not subjective. It's, okay, but I'll return to that later on. What I'm trying to say right now is that the faith is experienced not as a, an ideology, but as life. In other terms, that which, which is said in the scripture, the one who believes will be alive by his faith. Uh, just as we say, I'm, I'm living by that hope, that this faith is not here, and my life is here, but that faith becomes my life. My life is living by that faith. This is, again, the uniqueness of the Christian, of the Christian idea of conversion and finally and finally that this conversion has something to do with the fundamental experience of man which changes radically the fundamental which Kant knew and which has been described has something very radical to do with our experience of time 
It is a radical transformation of fundamental fragmentation of our experience. Because we can, if I was asked, what is the real result of the result of, of the original sin? What is the fall? I would say the fall is that we are doomed to understand everything in terms of the past, the present, and the future. However, there is a mistake here, because there is one thing which does not exist in reality, and that is exactly the present. <laughs> but if the present doesn't exist, because as I say what I'm saying right now, it already disappears, it's already past. The past, by definition, is past, doesn't exist anymore except in my memory. The present is instantly transformed to the past, and the future is not yet, therefore, again, it's not real. I hope you understand it, what a catastrophe we find ourselves. And this is not at all an accident. This is, this, is, this is the real dislocation of life. Life. And that's why we are saying in the church, blessed be the God always now, the Nin. The experience of the conversion as the entrance from the past, from the future, from the present, of the eternal present, or of the kingdom of God. Or, you, if you want a good theological term, the eschatological character of the Christian faith and of the content of that faith. And faith, says St. Paul, is the realization of the things invisible. He could have said, it is the return to us of, of, of the salvation as the reality, not that Niagara which, without stopping, constantly, constantly passing by, but our entrance into that which, for the life, in the life of this world is still to come, which for us Christians, and mainly in our spiritual life, in our liturgical life, is as the participation of that restored and shining present. So this all this will, I hope, will become more understandable as we proceed. But what is important for me at this point of my presentation is that the conversion, the Christian faith is not a conversion to a uh, conversion, is not the conversion to a faith. It is the very act of acceptance of that faith and of living by it. And this is why, uh, this is why I said that you cannot alienate the faith into a reality of itself. This is why I said that Christianity is not, um, is first of all the transmittal of that experience of something eternally new and eternally present. That which, that which has um, been with us for um, some time, we stop thinking of it as new. Everything in this world grows old. And the most horrible result of that is that we get used to almost anything. Used. We do not, we, we, we are no longer amazed at things, you know. Here we have 2,000 years later after Christianity and we, we, we still, we take it for granted. All this, what the gospel says, you know, Jesus, Christos, uh, crucifixion, resurrection, all that is, is well, this is our faith and, and uh, we, thanks to God, have... Uh, Orthodox Christian Education Commission, which is responsible for, for, for continuing that faith and so on. But uh, the whole point of what I'm trying to say is that Christian faith is conversion because that faith itself, the greatest 
power and joy of that faith is that is never grow when it grows old and you get used to that go to confession not when we had an extra sardine on the wrong day lord you know i just can't see sardines without taking two but uh, it doesn't constitute a cosmical catastrophe when however when however we what, what we believe ceases to be the spring in us you know that we will never thirst again that we are constantly having all the desires fulfilled because that faith is with me this is i would say a kind of permanent reconversion that faith itself in as much as i discover it constantly in my life is exactly my constantly being converted <laughs> converted to the reality which christ now all this will that leads me uh, to the second presentation which we but uh, this is why um, this is why the christian's name for for faith means you know fides or pistis in greek uh fides is not only faith it's also faithfulness <laughs> uh pistis is not only uh faith uh, not only uh faith but precisely pistos when we say in slavonic uh, only the faithful in english it has become a uh, become a a uh, weak term because we say the faithful are those who uh, if beaten consistently will remember three paragraphs of the catechism uh, 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 but uh, pistos is the result of that reconversion as a constant life of the faith in me the faithfulness uh, to remain faithful to that is the real um, relationship between a man and his faith and therefore the operation of conversion in our faith so we will um, from this first and i understand the most theoretical and the most difficult probably we'll moving now to the second presentation which consists in an attempt to discover that if the christian faith is conversion the christian life in all its dimensions is also the conversion then maybe we can draw some conclusions about how to discern after having understood that there is a false uh, how to discern between this unique christian conversion we on which salvation is founded on which the whole christian life depends how to how to discern this soteriological power of salvation from those conversions which are whether we understand it or not leading us away from salvation into eternal death so um understanding how difficult all that is to be understood even to be expressed i constantly feel the inadequacy of the of the words to express that mystery of the faith as conversion if however i manage to make you feel that conversion is much more than just oh seems to me it's true uh okay i can i can i can buy that as we say you know don't try to sell too much but i can buy that you know uh, that that all this because that there is a sui generis reality which stems from a sui generis and unique event when god becomes man in order to make us gods now to be converted to that can never be a unique it can always be rediscovered simply because and this is my last sentence tonight believe it or not 
But even in the kingdom of God, those few of us, or a few rather, let me say, who will be, uh, uh, who will be there, you will understand that even in the kingdom of God, we'll be living by the constantly joyful reconversion to that, which is in that respect the kingdom of God itself, the knowledge, the knowledge of God and the life in him. So tomorrow, Christian life as conversion. Thank you. <clears throat>